Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. Hello, today I'm delighted to be speaking to Clint Hankinson. Clint is Head of Marketing at Emory Solutions. So welcome, Clint. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Julia. Thanks so much for having me. So, Clint, um, for our audience, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I've uh, been the Head of Marketing at Emory Solutions. Uh, this is a... a uh, new company that some friends and I have, have uh, created together. And uh, our focus is, is technology. So our focus is basically three primary areas, data insights, software development, and digital marketing. And uh, so the company is all about helping uh, other companies just optimize their, their operations, and build their brand, and, and all of these things. But uh, my background is is in marketing. I've I've had, like many, kind of a, a zigzag sort of a career. I've done a variety of things. Worked with nonprofits and higher education and uh, agencies and um, small to mid sized businesses. All sorts of of things. I've I was interested in reading that your your background has definitely centered in marketing, but also IT. So you've been around e-commerce, education. Was that intentional for you? Um, not, not so much intentional. So I am a, a creative. I'm a marketer. Um, and, of course, there is, there's a technology interwoven in that, uh, though I am not a, a real techie person. Um, I reserve a lot of that for much smarter people but just love the field and, and really love how technology makes life better. You know, when it's used properly, um, it, it, it changes the world for the better. So it's, that, that's really the kind of motivation for being involved with that. We've been connected on LinkedIn for a little while, but I was struck by a post you shared where you described yourself a shy introvert. So tell us a bit more about that. Well, of course, I've, I've known that you know, throughout my life. I think in, in a very fast-paced world, whether you're involved in technology, whether you're involved in entrepreneurship, marketing, sales, you know, all these areas, that there's just a lot of emotion and there's a lot of energy and a lot of big personalities. And um, sometimes you, you, know, you feel like you may not fit the way others do because you, you are quiet and you're a little bit more in your head, you know, thoughtful and, and kind of shy. So I think it's just stood out being in this field more than, than in other areas. But yeah, it's something I've, I've known. And um, you know, you, you, sometimes you feel like you, you have to battle that, like you're not, you're not okay as, you know, as shy and quiet and, and that's something I've had to, to kind of battle and, and know that I am okay is how I'm, I'm created. And there's a, a place and it's just a matter of accepting that and kind of finding it. 
Did you recognise your shyness and introversion, your quieter side as a child, or was it something you became more aware of as you got older? Uh, no, I, I recognised it when I was young. I've kind of been the, I would say, the uh, stereotypical you know, middle child and the creative kind of the artist. You recognised it at school well, as, a, as a child. How did you, uh, what was your experience at school in an education setting that, you know, is quite restricted in some ways, um, but you'll get pockets of creatives, I'm sure, pockets, of, you know, of different people. How did you navigate that world? Yeah, I tended to um, stay below the radar, I, I would say. Um, you know, I had, I had my group of friends um, that were pretty similar to me. But, of course, I was never one of the popular kids because um, it always seemed that, that those kids were the, you know, the louder ones, maybe the ones that got in trouble or the ones that played all the sports and, and did all the student activities. You know, I just, I did a little bit of uh, some of the activities and things, but, but, uh, but just, yeah, just kind of felt, um, uh, you know, a little bit more under the radar. And, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed school. Okay. But, but yes, I would say that, a lot of the, the real extroverted kids tended to kind of intimidate. You know, I didn't always know how to how to deal with that, how to handle that energy. Now, I know some kids, some introverts, uh, can be the subject of bullying, can get picked on. Fortunately, I did not experience that. School was was somewhat uneventful, I would say. And, and looking back on it now, you know, I wish I could have taken advantage of opportunities and done more. I was quite quiet at school. So I was always the one that was quite curious as to what was going on elsewhere. Yeah, I, I was I was the curious, quietly curious child, I think. <laughs> but you're right. I, I think as we learn as we get older, we want, you know, it's easy to look back, isn't it, and go, I wish I'd taken advantage of that, I wish I'd done something different. But the truth is we can't. And even when you tell your kids to make the most of it because time passes so quickly it's the same as when our parents told us the same <laughs> so it's... yeah yeah it's funny it did remind me of, of uh, something that that would happen every every now and then like with, with my dad because my dad and i are very similar in personalities and i think before you look back and, and see the opportunities you miss and then you try to inspire your your kids to to not make those same mistakes and not necessarily mistakes, but but uh, but yeah, I remember talking to him sometimes about the school not having a certain type of art club or something that, that I might enjoy, and, and of course his you know, his thing was well if they don't have one go start one you need to ah nice nice and it, <laughs> it's funny because it's like Dad, you not know who I am. <laughs> I don't have the courage to to do that. You know, I'm too shy to do that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something I, I wished I had, had tried a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how our experiences can relate to, to our parents. That's really interesting because now you're in 
ended up working in in startups and you know it, it sounds like that maybe your father had a bigger influence on you than you'd expected you know that entrepreneur side is coming through absolutely yeah yeah I, I will I will say that, that is true yeah because I did in my late 20s I started a small business and did that for about five years but, uh, yeah I, I think the the entrepreneurship really started to come out a little bit a little bit later so yeah you, know, you tend to to be to be scared uh, a leap and doing certain things how did you enter into marketing was that a conscious decision from you um you know when i when i was young middle school, high school, kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. I started to, you know, to have kind of that entrepreneurial feel and, and love looking at how businesses um, were started and, and grown and all of that. So I had some interest in marketing. Um, so I actually did, uh, chose to study marketing in college. And so my undergraduate degree uh, is in that because um, the, I would say the creative aspect was also one that, that really captured me. Did you start your business straight out of college or did you work in between? Where did the spark to start your business come from? Yeah, so, so I, and this is kind of a, I think, kind of interesting. Um, in college, and right after college, I actually I went into to vocational ministry. So oh, okay. right out of college, I was a, we talked about kids and stuff too. I was a youth and children's minister um, part-time and I went to, uh, went to graduate school. Out of that, that role that uh, kind of inspired my, my business idea, <clears throat> because one of the, the programs that, that I did with the kids, um, I found that to to get all the supplies and, and, and all, all these things, you had to go to, to a variety of sources and all that. So my, my business idea was to create a one-stop shop and to, to bring everything together. And it was a very niche business, a very niche market. It had, had a, a, a very huge following. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I took advantage of that and, uh, and created this, this uh, resource and um, it, I mean, it, it, it did fairly well. There were on the marketing side, it did great. On the, the back end, the operations had some some flaws, but uh, but yeah. So that that was kind of the, the beginnings. That's really fascinating, Clint, because you said when your father told you, suggested to you to go and start up a club and you were like, no, I'm shining, I can't do that. And then you have an idea and then you go and do it. So how did you feel about that? What, did you just wake up one day and go, I'm going to start that? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, it was one of those things to where the idea just so captured me and mm. just so consumed me that I could not do it. Because it was one of those things I couldn't get out of my head. You know, I'd wake up thinking about it. I'd go to bed thinking about it. And I uh, just couldn't shake it. And so just went ahead and, you know, not knowing what I, I didn't know. Yes, it's funny because it's, it's a little bit of the kind of the beginning, I think, of a bigger story. 
and I don't really know how to explain it. Naturally, I'm, I'm an introvert and creative, but I find that sometimes other ideas and others' ideas or visions kind of capture me and suck me in. It seems like I, I can put myself into places where, you know, quote unquote, I don't belong. It's like I, I, I don't really naturally fit, but it's, it's a, um, I think it's a way to stretch, you know, to grow. And yeah, it's also a way just to, to be involved with exciting stuff. Probably an argument that, that I jump into some stuff that, that maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I should slow down a little bit, but, uh, I guess it's just the whole idea of being involved in something bigger just captures captures me. I love that because this is what passion and purpose is all about, right? When you can't get something out of your head, but you it's the bigger drive to go and try it and do it anyway. You've done some corporate roles and now you're working at Emory. So was that again a bigger draw? Because this is friends of yours who've started a business. Yes, yes. Um and uh, the, the head of Emory, uh, GB Kaz, I've known for, for a while, about six, six to seven years. And um, he's, he's one of these guys that, that's a big vision guy, uh, much more extroverted. But yeah, he's, he's one of these guys that does big things. And, um, and so being involved with something that he was, was building, was looking to build, was exciting. And Emory is, is really just a piece of a, a bigger vision because the, the bigger goal is to really help communities uh, on a economic development workforce development level, provide some new educational opportunities around technology, and uh, also draw draw businesses, help, help to uh, create businesses within those communities and, and, uh, and then spread. So it's, it's not only helping that individual community, but it's also uh, just growing and spreading out and just being a, making a real economic impact. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You said the head of Emory is an extrovert. Tell us your experience of working then with seemingly louder people who are ex- more extroverted than you. Primarily, you know, you, you're in a relationship with people that you like. So when, when the relationship is healthy like that, you know, there's a lot of um, kind of give and take. And, and, and it's just, I think it's practice knowing that, you know, learning how, how the other kind of handles situations and how they communicate. And then so you learn to kind of adjust and they, and they reciprocate. But it's just, I think it's just an ongoing process of, of one, not being intimidated or, uh, you know, afraid of a different form of, of communication personally, but uh, just knowing that, that it's different and, and you adjust and, and maybe you adjust your own communication method to better work with the other person. So yeah, it's just a, I think it's a, it takes time and a growth process. Tell us how you adjust then to those situations. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I'm not... It's, it's not even something I think about, really. Uh, I guess because I have, have grown up around more extroverted people. Um, you know, I've got extroverted people in my family, and uh, they they have a certain way of communicating and, and acting. And I know that 
I think one of the important parts is, is to really kind of understand the person's heart and their motivation. You know, because when you know, you know how they feel about you or how they feel about a certain situation, um, that kind of guides how you communicate, how you interact with the other person. So yeah, I mean, I know that the other person, you know, responds partially or responds excitedly or whatever in a different way than um, might not myself or really be used to. I know who they are. And I know part is and motivation is, and I just I can respond and uh, and trust that, that everything's okay. I, I liked what you said around understanding person's person's heart and motivation. So really understanding the person that's you're going to be working with. Is that something you learned when you ran your own business? Because I would imagine working with young people and children all the time can be quite intense. Oh yeah, it can. It can. And, and it's funny because the like the business, it was a, an e-commerce business. And um, um, yeah, it's it's funny because that's not your ideal role for an introvert. Um, mm. and especially if, if you're if you're shy and insecure, um, kids are not gonna help with that. <laughs> so you know, if you're you're trying to speak to a, a group and they're sleeping or rolling their eyes, you know, just dreaming of being somewhere else, you know, that's not a good confidence builder. Working with children who are very black and white in their responses, you know, open book almost. Right. I mean, when you're when you're with them, how did you how did you manage your shyness and your and your quiet side? It's interesting because, and I think we all experience this. I mean, there, there's a aspect of, of life to where we have to put on a mask or kind of put on a show to to act extroverted in certain certain situations and to get them excited to, to do all those things. I had to, to put on a bit of a, a show and it it wasn't insincere. I was just trying to to kind of ramp up my own energy level to uh, to better connect. You know, there's an aspect of that in most areas of life, especially when you're when you're introverted, to choose to be energetic or choose to be confident. And sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's difficult. When you talked about uh, the business that you're in now, you said you knew that you've known the person for six, seven years. And it struck me with the, the variety of things that you've done, that you have an incredible ability to connect with people. And, and get to know people that these opportunities come around for you. And, and I wondered how you did that. Well, wow. Well, um, well I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I wonder if it's, and I've, other people have said this to me or about me is that, you know, and I don't know how true it is, but um, there's a, a likability factor. So it, if anything, you know, maybe maybe that's uh, that's a lot of it because it, you know I, I mean there, there are some people who are extraordinary you know, in their skill sets and their experience. They've worked with you know giant companies or they've built multi million dollar businesses and, and things like that. And I I don't fall into that category. So you know I I think for me it's it's the the desire to um, hopefully to, to help other people. My mother was a big extrovert, big extrovert. 
and big in sales and, and really kind of a, and for a while, toward the end of her career, she did more motivational speaking. And it can really inspire you to make you think you could do just about anything. And so I think there's there's some of that, some of, of her and my personality to where you know, I want to I want to help people, I want to inspire them, encourage them. And so maybe that is a big part of, of what opens up some of these opportunities. I guess that's I can't point to a whole lot of things, but maybe maybe that's one. Mm, yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I like that you have clearly been influenced by your parents, like we all are. What's your big dream, Clint? What what do you what do you really want to do? Maybe it's something so big that you're not sure how you're going to get there, or maybe it's a big dream for the next year. You know, I, it's a it's a great question because I think I've actually struggled with that most of my life. As much as I've tried, I don't think I can really point to a single thing. That, that is just the big dream, the big goal that, that I need to achieve. I found that, that I am often captured by, by other people's dreams to, um, to kind of come along with them and to, to try and help to, to fulfill those and to, and to be a part of those. So yeah, if I were to sum it up, I think, I think my, uh, my big dream is, is if I could, if I could close out my career believing that um, I had really used my gifts, used my talents the best I could to make an impact for other people, to, to help other people, then I, I feel like I'd be successful uh, in that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've really struggled. can't put my finger on one single vision, one single thing. Yeah, I just want to be useful, be able to make an impact with what I've been given. Perhaps that um, that things that you've said today and what I've learned is that you may be caught up by other people's dreams, but your primary focus is helping people. And you talked about young people in particular, you talk about accessibility to IT, you know, education, that there's something around that in that place in that world. I think that you possibly other people's dreams you get drawn to because they're yours too. What three tips would you give to our listeners, people who either want to learn about quiet leadership or people who recognize themselves as shy and introvert? I think one of the things is I've been learning to do this, and I think you can define your own success. Because uh, as an introvert, you know, you're kind of in a, in, in a world that, that is loud and that shouts certain aspects of, of success, you can define it yourself. You know, maybe that's family. Maybe that's uh, being a one-person business. You know, maybe it's giving your, your, uh, your time or some charity or investing in others in some way. So I think it's important to be able to, to define your own success and, and don't just surrender it to what the, the narrative is. Uh, another I would say uh, to be confident in your value as, as a person. Um, one interesting thing I think about, about being quiet, you know, quiet leader, I think that quiet confidence really communicates um, wisdom and stability. And uh, you know, it can be funny because it, it may not necessarily be there, <laughs> wisdom or stability, but it communicates it. 
Yeah. And I think it's it gives the perception of kind of rock solid strength. So I think that's very healthy and very needed. And then last, just kind of a, a common tip that I pass on is, especially as introverts, it's, it can be a little more challenging to network. But I think you need to be intentional about connecting because it may not just happen on its own. Uh, so you need to be intentional at connecting. You do that on LinkedIn. Uh, meet people one-on-one for coffee, you know, not in mass public areas or whatever, but just one-on-one, it, I mean, it can change your life. So I, I definitely recommend, recommend. I, I love those tips. They're really, really good. Thank you so much, Clint. I really love talking to you today. I wish we could talk a little bit longer. Yeah, I'm always, always open to, to, to talking more. Um, and actually, um, I will share how people can connect with you because you've built, quite, I think, quite a community on LinkedIn because you're, you're very open in connecting that way so people can connect to you there. So thank you. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to, love to connect. Lovely. Thanks so much, Clint. Thanks, Juliet. Thank you for listening. I love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more. I challenge their thoughts to create possibility. Anyone can be part of the conversation. Leave me a message, ask a question and connect with me. 